G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Pastor Greg Laurie points out, when the culture seems to have lost its way, sometimes God brings a spiritual awakening. You know, in the late 60s and the early 70s, America seemed to be unraveling. But in the middle of the drug revolution, in the middle of the sexual revolution, God sent the Jesus revolution. So it's good to look back and reflect and learn from it. Because our prayer today is that God would do it again. This is the day when the lost are found. any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You can find those reassuring words in 2 Peter chapter 3. And when a culture seems intent on its own destruction, sometimes God's hand moves in miraculous ways. It's happened before in history, and today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says it can happen again, but we play a part in bringing it to pass. We're glad you've joined us for a fascinating series that we're launching today called Jesus Revolution. take a little walk down memory lane and revisit the last great spiritual awakening that happened in America called the Jesus Movement, also called the Jesus Revolution. This revival, this awakening impacted the church, it impacted the nation, and really it impacted the world. Some might say, well why go back and look at something like that? That was a long time ago. Here's the answer. The fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. So it's good to look back and reflect and learn from it. Because our prayer today is that God would do it again. That we would see another spiritual move in our land. Because I'll tell you what, our country desperately needs it. So back in the day, a lot of people wore their hair really long. I had long hair. I wish I had any hair right now. I miss hair. Listen, if you meet a bald guy and he says, I don't even care about hair, they're lying. They want hair. Okay. I'm speaking on behalf of all bald men. You know, so back in the day, you know, hippies, as they were called, would admit they're hippies. We, yeah, we're hippies. Now, today, we don't really have hippies. We have hipsters. But the difference between a hippie and a hipster is a hipster will not admit they're a hipster. You know, are you a hipster? I'm not a hipster. Yeah, I need a latte and some avocado toast, please. Wait, yeah. So, you know, in the late 60s and the early 70s, America seemed to be unraveling. There was a very real threat of nuclear war in the mid-60s. Nikita Khrushchev uh, made some very serious threats against our nation, including placing nuclear missiles in Cuba. And President Kennedy 
faced off with him in what is called historically the Cuban Missile Crisis. But for kids in school, I was one of those kids in school, we thought we might all die tomorrow. So we had bomb drills in our classrooms where we would get underneath our desks in case there was a nuclear blast. Which, and you look at back in retrospect, do you think being under our desk would have saved us from a nuclear blast? I don't know. So one year after the Cuban Missile Crisis, our youthful president, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. Meanwhile, this traumatized the nation, by the way. Some of you who are alive then will remember this. Very traumatizing event. All of America mourned. Meanwhile, the Vietnam War, which was never officially declared, raged on with young men coming home in body bags. And then the drug revolution is breaking out at the same time. Uh, thousands of kids are turning to drugs for some kind of self-realization, some kind of answer, hopefully, and it just made things worse. Add to the drug revolution, the sexual revolution, with a discovery of the birth control pill in the early 60s, free love reigned, and everybody just wanted to express themselves and push away those parameters and those barriers that existed for so long. It all sort of culminated in a big music festival called Woodstock, which was billed as three days of peace and music. And uh, Jimi Hendrix played the Star Spangled Banner on his electric guitar. Everything was really groovy, man. But then in 1968, all the psychedelic colors turned to black and white as reality began to kick in and we reap the consequences of all of these horrible decisions. It was in 1968 that civil rights leader Martin Luther King was assassinated. And then on the heels of that, shortly after, as a matter of fact, Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of President Kennedy, who was running for the presidency, was also assassinated in Los Angeles, right here in California. And then all of these rock icons died in a relatively short period of time. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, Jim Morrison of the Doors, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. So this is the reality. And because things were so dark, with riots in the streets and division, Time Magazine put out an ominous cover story, black cover, red letters reversed out, is God dead? That's how a lot of people felt, that maybe God was dead, but God was not dead. God was very much at work. And we don't know exactly when it started, but in the middle of the drug revolution, in the middle of the sexual revolution, God sent the Jesus revolution. So only a few years later, Time puts out this cover with Jesus Revolution on the cover. What a difference a few years make. What a difference a revival makes. So I have uh, an issue of this. And let me read to you something from that particular issue of Time Magazine. And imagine for a moment reading this in Time Magazine today. Headline, Jesus is alive and well. Uh, the article says, quote, Jesus is alive and well and living in the radical spiritual fervor of a growing number of young Americans who have proclaimed an extraordinary religious revolution in his name. Their message, the Bible is true. Miracles happen. God really did so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. What, is this Time Magazine? <laughs> Bibles abound, whether the cherished fur-covered King James Version or scruffy back pocket paperbacks. They're invariably well-thumbed and often memorized. 
There's an uncommon morning freshness to this movement. A buoyant atmosphere of hope and love along with the usual rebel zeal. But their love seems more sincere than a slogan, deeper than the fast fading sentiments of the flower children. What startles the outsider is the extraordinary sense of joy that they're able to communicate." Uh, end quote. Can you imagine again that being in Time Magazine today? And, and that's exactly what was happening. Well, it's great to have you with us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And today we're revisiting the era of the Jesus Movement. Pastor Greg is pointing out how we need another great move of God's Spirit today. Let's continue. Now a little history lesson because it's important for us to know what God has done in the past so we can pray for what He wants to do in the future. America has had four great spiritual awakenings. The first awakening was in the 1700s, led by such men as Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. Uh, George Whitfield, an evangelist from England, came over and preached uh, to so many people living in the colonies. Thousands were coming to Christ and a revival broke out. So you can make a very good case for the fact that America was born in a time of spiritual awakening. It was that fertile soil of revival that produced the parameters that we could safely have this great experiment in of liberty and freedom and a belief in God as our founding fathers had. That was the first great awakening. The second great awakening, the 1790s to 1840, was led by many, including Charles Finney. This was in the days of the Wild West. Law was disregarded. Sexual sin was rampant. But people would gather for what they called camp meetings, often out in the middle of the forest. They would put up tents and put the sawdust on the floor and people would walk forward to accept Christ and that's where the phrase, the sawdust trail came from. That was a great revival. The third great awakening in America was from around 1857 to 1859 led by a young man in New York named Jeremiah Lanfear. And it started as a prayer meeting. Uh, Jeremiah Lanfear felt it would be a good idea for New Yorkers to start praying. So he called a prayer meeting at lunchtime and uh, needless to say, very few people showed up. Then the stock market crashed and then a lot of people showed up because people were alarmed and concerned. And within a relatively short period of time, Thousands of New Yorkers were coming to Christ. There were 10,000 additions to church membership every week during this revival. In one year alone, 50,000 people came to Christ. And when it was all said and done, one million came to the Lord in this brief period. That brings us to the fourth and the last great spiritual awakening, the Jesus Movement. I had the privilege of being there. I had a front row seat. I didn't know it was a revival. I didn't know I walked into the middle of a spiritual awakening. And there was a man that opened his heart and opened his church to it named Chuck Smith. And uh, so all these young kids are getting saved. And they want to go to church. And a lot of churches took one look at them and said, you're not coming in here looking like that. But for the churches that opened their doors to the Jesus people, as they were called, or the Jesus freaks, as they were also called, those churches experienced revival. For the churches that kept their doors shut to these folks, they did not experience revival. Here's some things that kind of stand out to me about that time. 
Number one, there was a sense of expectancy in the services. So when you came to church, you came with a sense that God is going to do something. You know, we talk a lot about the need for anointed preaching, but I think there's also a need for anointed listening. That we come with the right attitude to church. We come with an open heart, with an open Bible, come with a notebook, listen, saying, Lord, speak to me today. No one was ever late for church back in those days, by the way, because if you were, you wouldn't get a seat. So that sense of expectancy. Number two, the Word of God was pretty much taught in every service. You know, Pastor Chuck Smith taught us to love the Bible, and we would go through books of the Bible, and our lives were changed by the Bible. We were a bunch of young kids that knew nothing. We were ignorant uh, of all things biblical, but we developed at that time a biblical world view. And then also there was worship. It was a whole new kind of worship that was born before our very eyes. We would give invitations in pretty much every service. And I think what happens is when non-believers come to a church that's alive, a church that's experiencing revival, they want to know God. So we brought friends and people would accept the Lord. Here's another big earmark of that time. We believed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. We believed that Christ could come in our lifetime. So some of you would say, well, what is that, 45 years ago? I think your timing was a little off, Greg. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't regret living in belief that Christ could come back. And you know what? We're 45 years closer to his return than we were there. I still believe it. I believe Jesus could come in my lifetime. Well, we'd be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I think it's a very important thing. You know, some might ask, well, why didn't he come back then? Well, a lot of us were praying Jesus would come and catch us up to heaven in 1970. But let me take a quick poll. How many of you have come to believe in Jesus since 1970? Raise your hand up. Aren't you glad God didn't answer our prayer? Yeah. So here's what the Bible says. God is not late as some men count lateness. He's long-suffering toward us and not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God is waiting for that last person to believe. Can you imagine if there was one person the Lord was waiting for and you knew who it was? Would you be tempted to pressure them? Dude, will you get saved? What is wrong with you? <laughs> but the Lord knows who that person is and it will happen in his timing, of course. But we need to pray that God will do this again. Psalm 85, six says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? The prophet Habakkuk understood this when he prayed this prayer in Habakkuk 3.2. I've heard all about you, Lord, and I'm filled with awe by the amazing things you've done. In this time of deep need, revive your work as you did in years gone by. Show us your power to save us. And, and so it's similar to how you might feel now. Some of you might be thinking, well, that, that must have been so great back then. I wish I could have been around then. God wants to do it again because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so it starts with us. Pastor Greg Laurie with some fascinating insight on the Jesus movement and how we play a part in inviting another great move of God's hand on our culture today. 
Well, next time, more from Pastor Greg's message, The Holy Spirit in Revival, exploring what we can learn from the Jesus movement. But before we go, let's conclude with a word of prayer. If you'd like a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Holy Spirit in Revival. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 